welcome back to another episode of the eight tracks cassettes and stereos podcast episode 21 as always you can find the eight tracks cassettes and stereos podcast on both spotify and apple podcast and uh, if you're on social media make sure you give us a like subscribe follow uh on instagram at eight tracks cassettes stereos my name is nick what's up guys it's mike we're finally legal we could drink well, episode 21 as okay. our uh now that we're legal we figured it would be a uh, opportune time to bring on a special guest reoccurring guest now uh we got uh, our friend wow. austin copeland back on the pod for uh for round two here happy to have you aboard yeah great to be here for a second time recurring guest that's a it's a title i i don't take lightly yeah hey we don't we've we've only had a handful of guests and you're the first one to be back on twice so uh first time ask, we, am i the first i shouldn't i should know that but am i the first recurring guest first first recurring guest of the atrax pod so, so happy to have you aboard legal, can we stop calling it apple juice and barley water yeah, I, I think that's appropriate. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that we're oh, yeah. all having it. We got Maybe a couple of babbies. Yeah, we we each got some apple juice. It looks like you have some uh, some brown oh, water, yeah. some some fine the fine American oh, pilsner oh, on oh, your oh, end. Water. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, happy happy to have you aboard, Austin. Um, and I guess before we get into the usual uh, shenanigans, we just give you give you the floor to see what you've been up to. I know you've been to a, a couple of concerts recently, so. Uh, figured I'd, I'd give you the floor to uh let the let the fans know what you've been up to oh man yeah um in the all kinds of things but um i guess on a personal note got engaged recently so that was that was yeah, exciting um yeah. on the music front um some good concerts i guess it's been a while now but saw phoenix and beck together um this is probably i guess two months ago um at northerly island and excellent concert there highly recommend both of those phoenix especially puts on an insane show um really enjoyed that one and and northerly island is i don't know great spot i've been there with you guys yeah yeah (laughs) great spot um yeah um I didn't get as grounded as I did um, at TMB. <laughs> I don't know if that disappoints you, Mikey, but um, next time I'll be sure to get get just as grounded as we did then. But it was a great get, concert. Gotta get grounded. Gotta get grounded. Um, but yeah, that was a great concert. And then last weekend saw um, the 1975 at Allstate Arena, which was um it was great been wanting to see them for a while um my fiance has been wanting to see them so surprised her with tickets and um yeah it, it kind of surprised me it was it was a great concert they put on a good show they're definitely entertainers last time i saw them was at Lollapalooza in like i don't know 2016 when they had like just released their mm-hmm. first album and it was cool to see yeah that the their first album had you know, like chocolate was their their huge hit then. Um, but it was interesting to see kind of like the how much they've changed since then. Back then they were like really just like kind of like a funk rock band. Um, and now they're like, you know, fully leaning into kind of like more 
pop rock um everything was like kind of choreographed and yeah. um also there was like these these teeny boppers in front of us that were I've never been to a concert where like the girls like actually scream like they do in like the old like Beatles videos and like faint like yeah. these girls were going nuts um so that made me feel old um but, <laughs> but I get yeah. it I mean they're they're awesome entertainers so it was it was a good concert oh yeah oh yeah but yeah, I know that uh, I I was unfortunately not able to attend the 1975 concert with you. We had a slam-packed weekend that uh, that Sunday, so wasn't able to attend. But I know a lot of my buddies actually went to the um, show that I think was actually in Milwaukee, um, or like before the whatever the leg of the concert yeah. was before they got to Chicago. Um, one of my buddies, shout out Jeff, uh, he went with his sister to go see them, and it looked like it was a great time. So the uh, the tour is really popping off. Uh, next time they come through town, I'm, I'll have to make sure my calendar's clear so I can uh, I can see them. But yeah, but yeah I, I guess to uh, you know not bury the lead, but you know one of the reasons we had Austin on is uh, we had such a fun time doing our last snake draft with them when we did the uh, rock band one. But we have another one queued up for this episode too uh, that'll be coming a little bit later. But we're actually going to be. Uh, before we get to that, got a couple of usual weekly shenanigans that we want to run through. Uh, the first of which was, uh, if you listen to episode 20, you'll know that I had some homework from uh, to listen to the Rolling Stones new album, Hackney Diamonds. Gave it a listen this past week, and uh, I can I can honestly give it one one and a half thumbs up. It was solid. I you know. I think I'm definitely a Stones purist, but I thought that the album was definitely a, a bit of a throwback, and they they definitely can still bring it. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, and it, uh, for those that don't know, recently released a couple weeks ago on October 20th, it, it features a couple of songs that uh, with Paul McCartney, Elton John, and Lady Gaga, um, and it's getting great reviews. Uh, and I would also agree that it's a it's a solid album, and it's a true throwback to their old old school like rhythm and blues like rock and roll sound mm-hmm. um you know hand up i i've not listened to a lot of current rolling stones music since uh probably the 80s since about tattoo you days but uh you know i i listened to the the old school stuff but i thought that this one was a good nod to uh to that old school sound uh and i i definitely enjoyed it so you know mike i know you had listened to it uh, and you had pushed me to uh, make sure I got back on the schneid. So I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on Hackney Diamonds. No, I mean, I, I liked the uh, the song that Sidney Sweeney was in. I mean, the music video was great. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's it's good to hear. And honestly, purely for the like, art, obviously, right? Just purely for the art. And purely, the song. For the sw- purely for the Sweeney. Um, <laughs> be honest with that one. No, I mean, I'm not a huge, huge Stones fan. I mean, we kind of picked up on that the last one where i'm like i don't really know what to say but it's good to be able to hear them go back to the old like the blues roots um and it kind honestly like i don't know if they did anything with their voices but they sound great yeah mick jagger sounds awesome it's weird man like he sounds like he hasn't aged sounds like the 70s can still bring it 
It was definitely, it was eerie listening to it, knowing that Charlie Watts is obviously uh, passed, and it was a little bit of a different sound, but I think overall it was a good throwback, and I I thoroughly enjoyed Hackney Diamonds, so if you you haven't given it a listen yet, would would highly, highly recommend. Um, And then also, you know, breaking news today, the, uh, the Beatles, yes, the Beatles dropped a new song, it's called Now and Then. Uh, if you haven't given it a listen or you haven't been following the uh, the uh, headlines in the news recently, uh, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr have been workshopping this new song um, that actually started off as a John Lennon demo tape that uh, they were given to by Yoko Ono back in the 90s uh, when George Harrison was still alive. And I guess during like the Beatles anthology days when they were making those documentaries, uh, they had been like workshopping the song, the three of them, like trying to figure out a way to get like blend like John Lennon's voice on this old demo tape with the rest of their voices. Um, the the technology just like was not there. Um, if you know, like the Beatles song, like Free as a Bird and stuff like that, like those were like some of the songs they were using, like mm-hmm. old Lennon demo tapes to release in the 90s and like they were good, but like it, the sound, like the technology, like just hadn't caught up enough for them to be able to make it work. But, you know, 30 year, 20, 30 years later, um, they're able to actually pull it off. And um, they released the song, dropped, they released it today. Um, by the time you're listening to this, I will all already have been released for about a week now. But, um, you know, I gave it a listen right before we started recording and it was it was pretty good, actually. Um, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was definitely eerie, like hearing John Lennon's voice with the rest of the boys and uh, gave me some goosebumps and gave me some warm fuzzies. And I, I definitely enjoyed it. Sounds like you had have listened to it, Austin. Yeah, I thought I was going to maybe like spring some big news on you guys here. But um, of course, that didn't slip past you. But yeah, I listened to it. actually. Dude, right I didn't even know about this. Oh yeah, yeah. I've it's been really cool. out of and there's like my uh, brain's been fried as of recent, so I didn't know this came out. Yeah, they they used like some AI technology too. Maybe you mentioned that, but yeah, it was, and it's yeah, it's a really solid track. It's Damn. it's kind of I don't know, eerie is a good way yeah. to put it. Both both the melody itself and the the fact that you're, you know, hearing for the first time somebody that's not even alive singing um yeah it's pretty unreal but it's i mean i would listen to that you know no matter who it was but especially knowing that it's the beatles excellent song and it's very much it's very beatles agreed agreed yeah it's kind of been dubbed like the final beatles song by paul and uh ringo and I was listening to a soundbite from Shout Out 97.1 The Drive, uh, Chicago's classic rock today. And um, it was like the before and after of uh, the uh, the radio hosts like saying like, hey, we're, you know, first time on the air, the Beatles now and then. And then uh, her like live reaction after hearing the song and like coming back on there. And she was like fully in tears, like crying, like it was, she was so emotional about it. And like, I think that's like the yeah. cool thing is like the music just like you know it sounded like the beatles it sounded like a yeah. song that was released 50 years ago whatever Which so they came out within the 90s are so good too yeah they're they're like, and the they're thing nice. is like you should listen to this one because like the fact that the technology is advanced even more like it sounds it's even better it's even better yeah yeah there's nothing in there that like 
Damn. you know, indicates that they just pieced it together. It's it's pretty impressive. And I, it, I didn't even know this really, was happening. Yeah, they I kept saw, it pretty hush. They kept it pretty hush. They came out with a new anthology. Like yeah, it was related to this song. Anthology. Yeah, and then next thing I know, Spotify today said something, and I'm like, what is this, like another freaking anthology? Like, this was five, ten minutes ago. When For I was sure. running through the driveway. Yeah, it was, you know, if yeah. you, obviously, it sounds like you haven't given it a listen yet, Mike, but would highly, no. highly recommend. And, uh, Should we do a that, live, live reaction right now? <laughs> no, no. Homework <laughs> for next episode. Oh, I, I want your lot, I want your reaction to now and then on uh, episode 22 here. So, I'll put myself on mute and I'll listen to it. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. But yeah, if you haven't uh, given it, a, if you haven't given it a chance, or if you didn't know that this was happening, would, would highly recommend. Um, and I guess on that front, you know, the last thing I'll say is, you know, we've alluded to it the last couple of episodes. The boys have been hot on the old vinyl buying trail. And, uh, let me tell you, <laughs> if you thought we were hot before we took it to a whole nother level <laughs> this past week, me and Mike both knocked off two huge bucket list albums for us. I'll let Mike talk about his in a sec here, but just. If you if you're a longtime listener of A Tracks, if you're a loyal listener, you'll know my White Whale album is George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. And we did a, a album review of it a couple episodes ago. And uh, you know, I even alluded to it on last episode. I've been kind of boycotting the Chicago records uh shops because they haven't been too kind to me. And I was bored at work last week and I was like, you know what, I got some time between a couple meetings. I could I think I'm going to bop over to the old I Reckless Records. Like, yeah, I got, my... I got an hour between classes. Yeah. Let me just go record hunting. I uh, I hopped on the bike and rode over to the old Belmont Reckless Records, started peeling through the uh, the new arrivals, and I, I had a funny feeling that something good was going to be there, and lo and behold, sitting right there, original, all things must pass. And uh, if, you, if you're following like, our social pages... You're scrolling through and you see it and you're like, oh, boy. I did a double take. I did a double take. I didn't <laughs> think it was real. I thought it was another, you know, Honey Dick 50th anniversary edition, but it was an, it was an OG. It was an original. Ooh, and mm. I walked up to the... I, I, I was like a kid in a candy store. I, I was speechless. I was shaking. I was like voice cracking. I like walked up to the, to the cash register and I was like... Yep, this is I like immediately just was like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go home and listen to it. And I, I walked up to the register and the woman was like, Is this it? And I'm like, Yeah, this is it. And she's like, You look pretty happy. I'm like, I've been looking for this Wait, album this for, for like five 15, years. 15 years. I've been looking for this album. I've been talking about it and I, I played it and and she sounds great and could oh, could boy. not be happier to finally oh, uh reel her in and get her in the collection. Oh, it was it was a great a great day for record collecting and yeah. This is why you collect records. This is that was a day that was like, this is why I do it. This is why I go through the, you know, the racks, the the cigarette smelling old records, and I look for I look for the holy grail, and I I finally yeah. found her. So, you know, That's and awesome. yeah, it was a big big day. I was happy to finally tuck it in the shelf with the rest of the albums and add it to the collection. Oh. So, yeah, very pumped. And you know, Mike. You know, I guess I'll turn the, the mic over to you. You also wow. found uh, a white whale of yours that we'll get into a little bit more. Uh, well, my weekend, well, to get into what I've been doing, not a whole lot, boy. Not a whole lot. Been playing that Stardew Valley grind. Playing that NHL grind. Uh, just trying to stay zen, as I call it, after hours. 
Um, I, my weekend started off with finding my uh, my Ark of the Covenant Grail, but to spice it up, I I got Purple Rain by Prince finally, but that's not the great the album, old, the record I've been waiting for. Um, I went to this resale shop on the way to play golf. The only reason we went to the resale store is because it's on the way to the golf course. And we were going to my parents' friend's house, and we were early. So they're like, we're just going to go to the Golden Goose. I'm like, sure, fine. So I go in there, find my parking spot, and I'm, like, walking around. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see what the records they got. And I looked at, like, the the lockbox they have. They got, like, a cabinet that's locked, and they had yes. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll actually find something that's not musical-related because that's all they have. So I'm going through the, the shelves, just picking through, and I found Marty Robbins. And I'm like, I love Marty Robbins, but, like, I don't – you know, like maybe this is a sign. And I keep going and flicked one back and looked at it. Marty Robbins, Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs. Five bucks. Blown away. Sounds brilliant. Almost 70 years old. And I almost lost it in the store. I picked up my phone and I was trying to call everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were, uh, yeah. we had a party at our place. Austin was there last weekend for one of our friends that's moving well, back to Kansas. Shout out, Sid. And uh, the day after we were cleaning the apartment, I didn't have my phone. And I looked down after like 30 minutes. And I have like five missed calls from Mike. He was I buzzing. Both so, I yeah, he was too. he yeah. was buzzing. So, dude, you know. I listened to it. It's got a couple skips on Big Iron. But every other song is perfect. And every song is great. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Five bucks, too. Can't beat that. Five bucks. And yeah. it's. 1959 five bucks at the resale store yeah, you don't usually find too many old records like that either like no. when are you gonna where are you gonna find that other than like a resale shop in tucson yeah. arizona like seriously so was an arizona rager didn't have too long in town come on man like yeah. he's now so. all loose and running baby <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll we we'll get into Marty Robbins in a little bit here when we do our Vinyl Friday recaps. But Mike, needless to say, very happy that you uh you finally reeled it in, and you know now now both of us can town of El Paso. More both of us can have some new white whales. I got a couple of of records I've also been looking for. Please please me as if I stumbled upon the 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 birth witnessed the birth of God. If I could find that, that would be. The greatest experience of my life. If you find a please, please me, price is no no I don't object. Even care about the price. I'm snagging just, it, dude. Just walk snagging up to the register and be like, yeah. name your price, Bob. I'm buying this. So yeah, I'll give you two goats in return, though. You're gonna yeah. barter with them. <laughs> yeah, boy, yeah, boy. Well, do you want to uh, get into your on this day in music history segment? Yeah, Make sure I'll you try don't. Try not to mute myself this time. I don't even know if I want to do like my hefty react, my intro, but I'm going to do it anyway. On this day, day, day in music, music, history. But I, I normally do it from the top and then that's why it mutes. But hey, I'm glad we're here. The date is November 10th. Um, starting off with a little bit of the Beatles on November 10th, 76. The Beatles filmed three promotional films for their new single, Hello Goodbye. Banger. Talking about the Beatles. Uh, in 73, Elton John started an eight-week run at number one with Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Unbelievable. Great album. Great Have we album. done a Vinyl Friday about that yet? 
we have not but it's you know it's it's one of my favorites it's a it's a uh a a pillar of my vinyl collection i'd say a a top album of the 70s we got to do goodbye yellow brick road it's uh if you add a fifth head on mount rushmore it could be four or five i would say so yeah it's a banger okay in 75 david bowie was number one with space oddity great great song song. Mm-hmm. Yep, Tim Tebow to Jesus Christ, the Fallon version. Um, in '79, the Eagles went number one with "Heartache Tonight." Great tune. Fifth and final U.S. number one. Off the long run, right? Yeah, yeah. Banger. In '79 as well, Fleetwood Mac scored their second U.S. or U.K. number one album with "Tusk." One that I've been looking for. Not a white whale, but one I, I want to add it. to the collection. I don't know. I found it's, it. It's a good album. It's a good album. The, the live versions of the song on the album are much better, but it's one that I want to add to the collection for sure. Uh, skipping far, skipping ahead, the, the Rolling Stones faced a battle to win $12, $12 million dollars insurance claim for concerts that were postponed in 2014 yay to see it come on I know, they right? were they were old let them have their money come on Seriously. guys <laughs> and then born this day my guy greg lake from elp one of the founding members of Crim crimson uh and miranda lambert oh happy birthday let's yeah. go yeah so future happy birthday miranda that's all yeah, you got yeah, I mean, like, do we know who Alan Toussaint is? Right? Never heard of him. Sorry, Alan. Like Delor- no Dolores clue. O'Riordan. Okay, so the Cranberry singer Dolores O'Riordan was arrested. Oh, Cranberries. Banger. Yeah. Um, in 2008, Coldplay declared the biggest selling act of 2008 at the World Music Awards held in Monaco. What is what does that even mean, though? They were the biggest in 2008. Where does that where does that rank in the grand scheme of things? If they were just 2008, know. is that like know. attendance based or what? Uh like crowd size. Can't confirm. You know what? You gotta you gotta circle back in episode 22. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna need to get Steve on that. We're gonna need to get Steve on that. He's currently laying on the floor right now, acting like a bum, but he'll do it. Uh, yeah, if we get him on it, we'll be able to report back on Coldplay for think, episode I think 22. Based on listeners. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't. What does that even mean? But good for you, Coldplay. Good for you. Coldplay fan. Yeah, they got bangers. They about, got jams. Talking about Apple Martin's dad, Chris. Okay. Yeah, Starter's yeah, name's Apple. <laughs> what a name! Yeah. Special shout you out. You know who his ex-wife yeah. is, right? You know who the mom is of Apple? No. Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Shout out Gwyneth. Are you a uh, Granny Smith? Are you guys Granny Smith or, you know, Red Delicious, Honey Crisp? What kind of apples Ooh. do you guys like? I like Honey Crisp. I'm Granny Smith all the way. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm, I, like, I lean I towards like apple green. Scruff. Apple Scruff's great yeah. song, Off All <laughs> Things Must Pass. Bangers. I'm definitely a Granny Smith guy through and through. I'm a green apple man, so... You know, not to say that I discriminate oh, against apple. other apples, but I'm definitely a Granny Smith guy. Or, uh, well, yeah, I'm Granny Smith guy. guy. What about Fuji apples? Fuji's good, too. Like I said, I don't discriminate. Fuji is the Fuji apple. Fuji? Have you ever Fuji? had the, the 
pear the pear apples where it's a cross between an apple and a pear. Those are good. Only the pear apple juice from Trader Joe's. That's it. Going on a tangent, I started juicing things. Apple. (laughs) Uh, I think so. Yeah, they're like a apple or an air. They're the size of uh, they're the size of Granny Smiths, but they have the texture of a. Is that what an au pair is? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's where they got the name for it. Actually, they were trying to come up with hybrid fruits. It was a. It was a. It was an au pair. It was a pair that got someone got hit with, and they said, "Oh." (laughs) All right, enough. Enough fruit talk for one episode here. We could probably transition into a little Vinyl Friday recap. So um, as many of you know, we recently uh, celebrated Halloween. You know, take it with a grain of salt, however you want to celebrate Halloween. But, you know, we figured our first recap here would be a a nod to the spooky holiday. And it's uh, Michael Jackson's all-time banger, Thriller. So to give you a couple of quick hidden facts here. Uh, Thriller hit store shelves in November 1982. It's Michael Jackson's sixth studio album. And, uh, you know, everyone knows Thriller. And if you don't know Thriller, you know, you've probably been living under a rock for the last 50 whatever years. So, you know, it's a groundbreaking album. Hard to really put into words uh, background on one of the all time best selling albums of all time. But we'll we'll give it a try here. Uh, includes. Many of uh, MJ's greatest hits, including the title track, uh, Beat It, Billie Jean, and uh, PYT, uh, includes cameos from uh, Eddie Van Halen. The title track. That's what I said. Oh, oh, yeah, come on, guy. You know, I always say the title track. Come on. Yeah, keep up, guy. Um, But uh, Thriller also includes cameos from Eddie Van Halen on Beat It. He he, uh, plays the guitar solo, if you didn't know. And then. Also, a song co-written with Paul McCartney, uh, "The Girl Is Mine." So, um, all a good, good Michael Jackson, Jackson deep cut. You know, we listed all the accolades on this album. You know, it's it's arguably one of the, if not the all-time highest-grossing album of all time. Probably might have gotten passed in the last couple of years. It's definitely still in the top five all-time grossing albums in, in music history. Yeah. Um, and it's just wall-to-wall bangers. So, you know, with that, curious to get both of your thoughts on this uh, this classic that, you know, like I said, definitely fits the spooky vibe of the season. It's, it's no Monster Mash. I'll start with that. <laughs> I just did a quick wiki Wikipedia search. It, I think it still is the highest-selling album of all time. Yeah, I like I said, I w- wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I guess it's great. when you when you when you chalk up all the track list and list off all of the uh, the hits that it has on it, it's it's really no surprise. And mm-hmm. you know, when you factor into that, it was like piggybacking on his success from uh, his nineteen, I think seventy nine album uh, off the wall. Like it was it was a recipe for success really from the get go, and you know. Like I said, it's it's a must-have for any any collection. I have here in the post that it's sold it's sold over 70 million copies and is 34 times platinum, which is just bonkers to me. It's insane. Like, you know, few I think it's one of those things where like an amazing artist, like once in a lifetime will just like everything just comes together. And, you know, MJ's got plenty of hits. He's got plenty of great albums, but like this is like his, you know, 
this is his masterpiece you know special shout out his producer quincy jones like they had everything cooking back in 1982 so you know who's you know whose daughter uh well whose dad quincy jones is you know what i mean they don't get it the daughter of quincy jones you know who she is ah Yes, Austin, Mr. Austin knows. I'll, I know it, but I'll. <laughs> Is it another apple or a different fruit? Or what do we mean? <laughs> it's a grape. It's a grape. Boy. No, it's my no, gal. No, I had something else, but oh, I, yeah. I, I want to let you finish. <laughs> I it's my no, gal, yeah. Nora, Nora Jones, oh, my gal. Yeah. Oh. Quincy yeah, Jones' no daughter is Nora Jones, my gal. Yeah. yeah. Big fan. Yeah, she just really Austin turned me on to it. She just released a song with uh, Dave Grohl. Should have should have oh, specified yeah. that at the beginning. It's it's a great one if you haven't given it a listen yet. So yeah. Oh, well, the other Austin. comment I was just gonna make about Thriller was um, kind of in in high school PE one year oh. they taught us they taught us the Thriller dance and you know it's <laughs> it's big time whenever like thirty years later they're teaching the dance to your song. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> in high school PE classes, probably not across the country. I think that was maybe just our uh, kind of oddball PE teacher, but still, I did. I knew the dance very well. They were they were, they just loved MJ. They just loved Thriller. I mean, yeah. The the dance, let alone like I was just gonna bring. Now that you bring up just like the dance and everything, like the music video, the dance. Iconic. Vincent like, Price. Yeah. Vincent Price, yeah, yeah, doing the uh, the bridge and it, you know. You know, grizzly ghouls from the tomb. So, you know, closing in to seal your doom. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it speaks for itself. It's an all time hit. Yep. If you haven't listened to it yet, you're a bonehead. You're living under a rock. <laughs> you're living under a rock. You know, Dude, and if you haven't. Start spinning on your head, spinning out wooden nickels, man, and listen to this yeah. damn thing already. Yeah. And if you haven't, <laughs> if you've listened to a couple of the songs, but you haven't listened to the album start to finish, I would also highly recommend. Well, every um, song on it is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, there's you, not a bad song on this one. No. You could throw a dartboard at the, or a dart at this I, track list and nine, hit something good. So it's over a nine on the scale, like 100%. Yeah, no question. Honestly, I would say Thriller might be one of my least favorite on the album, and I still love Thriller. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah. I think my favorite's probably PYT or uh or Billy Jean. Just I that see, like, like I think that Billie like baseline on Billy Jean is just so overplayed. Yeah. I like PYT, but I like the girl is mine. That's actually really enjoyable. Yeah, Paul McCartney. It's a banger. Yeah. So so yeah. I feel like I feel like we've kind of hit our mark on this one. Like I said, if you haven't given it a listen yet you know, what are you doing? Make sure you add it to your vinyl collection. But, you know, we kind of alluded to it earlier in the uh, the episode here with the the White Whale album that Mike yeah, recently purchased. But uh, the next Vinyl Friday recap we have here is uh, an album that will be re- uh, featured on our Instagram page by the time this episode airs. Uh, but it's Marty Robbins, Gunfighter Battles and Trail Songs. So, to give a couple of quick hidden facts before I turn it over to Mike as the uh, resident expert yeah, on this no. one. Uh, the album was released in September of 1959. It was Marty's fifth studio album. Um, and TBH, not sure that this is really a household name for many of our listeners here. Um, was definitely not a household name for me. 
uh, even as a music lover myself, uh, you know, Austin, <laughs> can, uh, if you're watching on camera, Austin can even attest. You, you probably had never heard of this album before this it's, episode. I'm clueless, boys. Yeah. Um, Excited to learn more, though. <laughs> yeah. But if you're uh, if you're a music fan, I would say that you've probably heard at least two of the songs that are featured on yeah. this album, yeah. um, which are El Paso and Big Iron. Um, yeah. So. Uh, those are like the the two I would say like bangers quote unquote of uh, I don't know if a country western album can exactly have bangers but those are the uh, is a banger dude the Big hits Iron of the album um, but you know like I said it's not a household name but I many have dubbed this the single most influential w- country western album of all time um, and it's even listed uh, on the 101 albums you must hear before you die list so i guess with that as a resident expert i'll turn the, the <laughs> mic over to mike to uh, educate our listeners on why yes. gunfighter ballads and trail songs is, is a great oh, album bruv. well i mean i live in arizona so like i'm driving down oracle on my way to work and i'm like out in the west texas town of el paso i fell in love with a mexican girl like it's it's totally western dude and like big iron you know what I mean? Big Iron, Big Iron. So I actually, I got Big Iron on record because I have the Kingfish album that Bob Weir was in Kingfish and it's Bob Weir singing Big Iron. So I got that first. But if you play Fallout, I think it's in Fallout New Vegas. Big Iron is. That's where I know it yeah. from. That's <laughs> there you go. See, there, there you go. go. There you go. But I knew it from something else, but everybody that knows Big Irons played it in Fallout. Um, El Paso has been covered by the dead, countless other artists. But this album doesn't miss. Like, it's interesting. So I picked it up, and my dad was here in town, and we're all sitting on the couch. He's like, you know, like, I don't understand why you're so pumped up about this. Well, it's because I love the songs, and I think the album cover's sweet. Like, it's marty robbins holding a pistol like a six six shooter pistol and um every song is written from the perspective of a western cowboy so there's songs that have high highs and then there's songs that are low lows like going out and it's called master's call it's about ranching cattle and then you see the lightning and boom 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 and it's just lighting up the fields and then you hear the call of god so it's like being out there ranching, living the hard life like the Westerners used to. Um, so that's why the vibe kind of changes. And it's not like it's a fictional story. So it's it's like you're listening to him read a book. That's why it's kind of goofy. But I think every song's super enjoyable. And it starts off with Big Iron and then the B-side ends with El Paso. So you got to get through the whole thing. But you wouldn't be disappointed listening to it because it's just that enjoyable. Like you're never going to bang your head or stamp your feet, but you sit there and it's just in the background and it's peaceful. Yeah. I, I gave it a list. So, you know, credit to me, I did my homework on this one. (laughs) You know, I did, I gave the quick hidden facts, but I, I gave this one a listen before the episode and to Mike's credit, I, I definitely enjoyed it. It was, you know, as he alluded to, it's, it's cool just like every song is very like biographical and it tells a story like there's a song about like you know an outlaw getting arrested and he's you know on the gallows thinking about his you know his girl or whatever and 
you know, it's it's you know that's, the that's title of the album. The yeah. title of the album says it all: gunfighter battles, ballads, and trail songs. Like it's about yeah, the cowboys living the hard life. But it was a rough life. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. it was so, tough living. Not not sure if I would add would would be hunting for this one is my next Dude, must have in my on, collection. Man. But if I was ever You're peeling through the racks. It. If I ever peel through the racks and I find it for for five bucks like you did, I would I would add it to I'd the collection. For twenty bucks, dude. Hey, it's I'd like I said, it's, it's dubbed one of the most influential albums of all time for for country western. So you know, I when I I will say when I gave it a listen, and you know, thinking about when the album was released, I can see why it's so influential. Um, you know, and it definitely like romanticizes the West. And like, I feel like when you, when I was listening to it, I was thinking about like watching John Wayne movies and like Clint Eastwood, like spaghetti Westerns Honestly, and stuff. It's and like, gonna, it's going to sound weird, but like ever since I moved down here, I found more and more of that kind of music more and more appealing because you're listening to it and then you're looking out and you're seeing the cactuses in the mountains and you're like, oh, now it looks cool. Like now I'm picking now, up on Now it makes sense. Out. Now it makes sense yeah. why Marty was writing about cowboys in the 50s. So It's nice scenery, beautiful scenery, nice living. There we go. There we go. Well, boys, shall we Boy. Transi- transition into our next segment here? As we alluded to at the beginning, uh, you know, Austin was a great guest on our last, uh, one of our early snake draft episodes, and... We wanted to have him back for another one, and uh, and yeah. this time we're doing albums by the decade. So uh, the rules, I guess, to stipulate and, and reiterate again here is uh, the snake draft is album. You get one album from the 60s, one album from the 70s, one from the 80s, one from the 90s, and one from the 2000s. And it's, Are it's we going any in order. Nope, it's a free form, so you can pick whenever you want. Um, and uh and uh you can pick any order you want any genre whatever you want in any order so um so i will get a i'm making appeal you can make an appeal while i'm getting the random number generator pulled up here can we go just in order from 60s 70s 80s 90s can i make an appeal i would i would elect no I think you should be able to pick in any order that you want. Yeah, it forces you to go to the ones that are you feel most strongly about. I would I would agree. And if if there's something that you think that you want, you got to snag it early. So. All right. So I will have the third pick. What a gentleman. You know. Hey, it's it's a random number generator. So, you know, as an accountant, I I, I beckoned to the call of, of Microsoft Excel. So um, Mike will have the second pick. And, you know, Typical. as he did on our first draft, Mr. Copeland here will have the first overall pick. So um, so it'll go Austin, Mike and then me and snake draft. So it'll it'll wrap back around. So Austin, the. Uh, the board is yours. Five decades of music and any album that you want for the first overall pick. Yeah, I mean, I feel like getting the first overall is usually a good thing, but also comes with a lot of pressure. So let's see. Let's sift through 50 years of music here. 
try to try to. I'm just gonna open up my discogs. <laughs> I mean, gosh. I think. I think I gotta go with one that's already been been mentioned a lot today, but. I mean, I, I'm not sure it gets more iconic than the Beatles in the 60s. Which specific album are you going with? Oh, specific album. Yes. I swear um, to God, if you find, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come find you. Well. Maybe didn't do didn't do enough homework for this today, boys. But I thought we could just do an all-encompassing. But gosh, I think for me, for me, I think the most '60s, the album that embodies the '60s, it's gonna be Revolver for me. Okay, good. Ooh, Thank you. Okay. Great album. Great album. Had it on my list. Classic, classic, classic. Had it on my list. I'll let you talk about it, but the first thing I think about, and I think you might agree with me, when I think of Beatles Revolver, the Mad Men episode, when he plays it on his record player, and he plays tomorrow, he skips immediately to Tomorrow Never Knows, and he's just like sitting in his chair with with his glass of whiskey. Like that is the Beatles Revolver, the 60s for me. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, the experimentation in the album um, and, and it just being the Beatles who own the decade, I think, you know, that's not even really subjective. Um, it was pretty objective by the numbers, but um, clearly I didn't understand the assignment, but I able to pivot quickly. And I think I think Revolver it was a great one once. It was a great one for that. So that's what I'm going with. I'm a big fan. I'd give two thumbs up to the pick. It's a great pick. Nice. It's one that I've been wanting to feature on a Vinyl Friday recap uh, or a on our social pages. So, you know, I I think it's a, you know, I feel like that is the bridge. That and Rubber Soul are like the bridge between like the early yeah. Beatles and then like the late 60s Beatles. So I I think it's a great album. Great pick. Time for Mike, more. yeah, the floor is yours. All right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go deep into this one. We're talking 1860. I'll twine mid the ringlets. I think you, uh, you oh, also missed I, the assignments. We're going oh, 1960s, no, I'm just, I'm 1900s, yeah, buds. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know what? Ah, where do I want to start? And we can't pick the same ones, right? Yeah, this is a snake draft, buds. So yeah. no double dipping. <clears throat> well, I'm going. I was going for one, but if I'm going based on stats, I'm going straight from 1973 with an absolute heater about modern society, dark side of the moon. Mm, great pick. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Talk about it. Talk about uh, it. Oh my god, dude! Like, changed my life. Changed my life. This album changed you? Oh, my God. Speak to me. Breathe. On the run. Time. Great gig in the sky. Money. Listen to the vocal solo on Great Gig in the Sky from School of Rock. 
Us and Them, Any Color You Like, Brain Damage, and Eclipse, the album starts with a heartbeat, and it ends with a heartbeat, so you could loop it back and forth. And yeah. it's about modern society and the struggles of life. When kids are going through a hard time, I like a kid came to me a couple months ago and was like, dang, like I just broke up with my girlfriend. And he was like, keeps going through this hard time. And I'm like, you know what you got to do? Just lay back in that chair, in that comfy chair, and listen to Dark Side of the Moon and just stare at the ceiling. And he did it. And, I, and I'm like, so how was it? He said, it worked. Yeah. It's got bangers. Magic. Magic. I- iconic album cover. Iconic album. I think it was, It. Steve's going to have to quote me on this one. I think it was the best-selling record until thriller yeah steve steve's gonna have to fact check you on that one but i would i wouldn't be surprised Neil, to say if that was in fact true because it's uh it's a highly influential album highly commercially successful album as well um so i i think it's a great pick have either the question i have for you guys is have either of you listened to it synced up with the wizard of oz no i want to dude i have not I have not either. We're all lamos. <laughs> yeah. We got some homework. Supposedly, if you sync it up with the first, it syncs up perfectly with like the first 45 minutes of The Wizard of Oz. Um, so like when they're talking about money is when they're going down like the, the Emerald, when they're going to the Emerald City and stuff. And so, yeah, I, I need to do it, you know, maybe in my spare time this month when work is slowed down, I'll finally uh, pull the trigger on that. But it's a great album. Steve just gave me the fact check. It's the fourth highest selling album of all time. There you go. You want me to tell you the top? Thriller. Thriller. Back in Black. Whitney Houston and various artists, The Bodyguard. Lame. And then oh, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> Come on, guy. You hating on Whitney Houston? But no, I was I don't know if I don't know if Back in Black has sold more copies throughout like going till now, but Back in Black came out in 80 and thriller came out in 82 so back in black might have passed or it might have passed it later never know yeah can't hate on whitney come on guy no i'm not hating on whitney i just said it's from a movie the bodyguard it's not even an album the bodyguard is a great movie i'm not saying it's not i'm just saying it's not an album it's from a movie it's like you know, I'm not even gonna say to the person that's coming out with albums today, claiming them as new albums. Whatever, forget don't, it. Don't don't get into that. Don't we don't <laughs> want to piss anybody off. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. No, Bodyguard's a great movie. They're great. Kevin, They're great new albums. I love them. Kevin Cosner, Whitney Houston, great movie. So if you haven't seen it movie. yet, Bodyguard's a great movie. All right. I will, for my third pick, so you guys both have, each one of you has 60s off the board, one of you has 70s off the board, so I'm I'm a little safe there. So I got some, I got something to work with here. I um, think I'm going to go... Now, is this a personal, or, like, is this we, like, you know what I mean? Are we, like, sad sapping this one where I could just say, like, Duke for, like, the 80s, but, like, it's easily not the best album of the 80s? I went with what I think is the best album of each decade. This is this is personal, but it's, well, it's backed not, up it's by statistics. Like, okay, so it had okay, okay, so we're doing it's the right personal, thing. but it's backed up okay. by statistics. And it's my opinion. Okay. I'm going 90s with this with my first pick before the wrap oh, no. around. I'm going 90s, and I am going. I got a lot of albums on here in the 90s. Um, 
but I I think I'm pulling the trigger on it because it's probably my favorite album of the of the decade. Probably one of my favorite albums of all time. I'm going Red Hot Chili it? Peppers, Californication with my oh. first overall pick. Dude, you guys are going to snipe me in the 90s. I have no pull in then. It's okay. There's plenty to go around. There's only three of us, but I, I'm going Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication, and I'm just going to rattle off a couple of songs from the album. And really, all you need to do is name the first six songs in the album in order. Around the World, Parallel Universe, Scar Tissue, Other Side, Get on top, Californication. Real quick, I real hope I really hope he's listening to this. My boy D Rat. Is that Around the World by Daft Punk? No, no. Call back <laughs> to our second snake draft when I said Around the World would be a great walk-up song. It would be a great walk-up song. And it's the perfect song to kick off the album as well. Yeah. Um but that this might one be also one of my favorite like track ones of all time. Oh yeah. Like absolutely gets everybody on their feet it just starts off real soft and then you just hear the flea coming in on the bass just bomb 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 it's great it's great i just want to go around the world around the world around the world wrong song buds wrong song that's daft punk guy hey don't be shitting on this album it's a it is a great album and it barely (laughs) snuck its way into the 90s 1999 yeah he texted me he was mad great album not my cup of tea great album great band not my cup of tea and that's okay it's got some good deep cuts on it as well and says he appreciates the apology it's got road tripping on it porcelain is a good slow jam red hot chili pepper song uh, easily is another good red hot Chili low deep cut red hot chili pepper song so happy to neil say happy to have californication on my board so big big fan and i think austin would say the same that it's a uh, it's a great album oh 100 percent. i was i was curious if it did sneak into the 90s i was i didn't remember if it was 99 or 2000 but but yeah Barely. that was definitely on my list barely made its way into the 90s i i had a lot to choose um and i got a lot of honorable mentions from the 90s but um, when i stacked it up against the other ones i had it was uh it was an an easy choice for me um so i guess with that knowing that i'm i'm safe a little bit on i don't think that my 70s one will get chosen my 60s one might be a little vulnerable but i'm think i'm gonna oh, go yeah. oh crap i was ready to say mine yeah no no i'm going again um i was ready i think so i'm going saying. i think i'm going 80s damn and i think i'm going an album that has already been mentioned on this oh, uh segment already you son I'm, of a gun i hate you i'm going with the acdc <laughs> smash hit back don't do black. it to me guy I'm going oh, back in black. I'm snipe. Yes, it sounds like I'm sniping it from you, but I'm going back in black. It's oh, yeah. again a lot to choose from in the '80s, but you know, when I was looking at my vinyl collection just in general, thinking about albums that were released during that decade, it was an it was an easy choice for me. You know, Dude, when you got when you got Hell's Bells going straight into Shoot to Thrill. I mean, you know. You want to talk about yeah. the opener of an album? It's it's the top right there. So 
big, big fan. You son of a gun. Got a strong lineup of, of track one so far. Oh, yeah. Can, yeah. I, uh, can I go with Who Made Who? Because that's literally back in black part two. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. That's that's cheap. Yeah. Not my, my parting shot on this album, because I can tell that you're a little salty about this, yeah, is that I, I got to find you know, a new one. <laughs> you want to talk about an al- like an album that helped a band continue on and arguably get even bigger than they were before. You know, we've talked about it a lot. We're big ACDC fans on the A-Tracks pod here. But like Bon Scott dies right after they release a, uh, Highway to Hell in 1979. You probably think you're probably thinking they're donezo. The band is finito. They find Brian Johnson. They release Back in Black and arguably are more successful than they were, you know, in the you know 10 years that they were a band before that. And. You know, and they're still rocking today, as Mike alluded to on a couple episodes. They're still touring, and you know, I, I attribute a lot of that to the success of Back in Black. So happy to have it on my board. Can you keep stalling? Uh, yeah. I mean, I could keep. <laughs> I could talk about this whole track list for days. I mean, like the opening track of Hell's Bells, you just—it's dead silent. And you just hear the the toll of the bell on the offbeat and the gong, and you go straight into Shoot to Thrill. Um, and then you have, you know, the title track back in black, you have, uh, you shook me all night long. You have given the dog a bone. Um, you say, uh, rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Great. Uh, closer. You want to talk about trackless construction? My favorite one liner on the podcast here, closing it out with rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Like this album has hits. It's hey, got are you man? It's got oh, great deep cuts. Like have a drink on me, shake a leg. Um, let me put my love into you, giving the dog a bone. Good uh, euphemism song there. Um, <laughs> what do you do with money, honey? It's got, it's got everything. It's, it's a perfect album in my opinion. And like I said, happy to have it on my list. Kick it over to my dude, co-host here dude, for his uh, second round you pick. Suck, dude. You suck. You suck. Okay. That's literally, I was in my discogs and I'm like, oh, this is like easily the best one I have out of the 80s. You know, I thought about it, thought about going for a couple ones, literally had to like totally take a pivot here. I was thinking about Purple Rain. I'm like, no, I really like Purple Rain and, you know, but I think if you want to talk about a way to start an album, we're going to 1987. The Joshua Tree, where the streets wow. have no name. I still Whoa. haven't found one before, with Whoa. or without you. Way to start an album, folks. Did not see that one coming at all. You know, I did not see it coming either. I liked, I literally, I hate Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone sucks. They actually have The Clash or London Calling as number one from the 80s, which I'm like, really? Like, no back in black in the top 20. Yeah, you'd see that. Stupid. But they had a lot of good ones in the top 10. And I saw one. I saw the one I was going to put. I saw, you know, and then I looked at it. I'm like, okay, that's that sounds like a really good album. And I actually looked at the set, the the chart, the song list. And I was like, holy crap. That's on my list now. I'm going to add that to my want list. Yeah. To, re- to reiterate, the pick is the Joshua Tree, U2. Yeah. 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 It's got bangers. Have it's you guys seen some of the um 
the videos from the new sphere and oh, uh, yeah. in Vegas, YouTube playing there. It looks that looks unreal. I know a few people that have yeah, gone and they said it's just like have no name. a dream. Yeah, one of my coworkers went recently, took his fam out to Vegas, went and saw it. He's a you know, special shout out Carl on my uh on my team at work. You know, when he said that he was a huge YouTube fan and he was going to see them at uh at the sphere, I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty jealous. And so uh, you think he came he's back. just gonna be like going nuts that I just picked this album? Yeah, he's he's if Carl, he's listening to this new, episode, boy. Carl is gonna be pumped that you that you picked right, this good. album and it's got good. bangers on it. So I sneaky I like you too. I don't listen to them a lot, but they're so good. You can't I can't say anything bad about them. And I can say a lot of bad things about bands. Typically, <laughs> well, I mean this they, era always put us they, they put a song on everybody's iPhones. I mean, you can not like them did. for that. that, used but... to be my, that <laughs> the starter for that album used to be my alarm during high school for tennis workouts. By the by, like the fifth time I woke up, I was ready to throw the phone at the wall. Not a bad song, though. Just bad memories of that song. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's ever been something that that drew such like universal hate as when <laughs> you two automatically put their album on. You'd think everybody would be happy about getting free music, but apparently not. But yeah, this album's bangers to to close it out. I mean, where the streets have no name, still haven't found what I'm looking for, with or without you. You know, it's it's got that that stretch of songs right there. The streets have no name. Like it's it's the tops right there. So, so if you want to talk about a run of songs on an album and the way to kick it off, like I'm pretty sure the first like six or seven songs were all singles, which is like also like unheard of as well. Like the first like half of an album all being yeah. released as single and being highly, highly successful. So yeah, it's a great pick that came out of left field. I did not see that coming, but great pick. Dude, I always make sure I'm coming out of left field. <laughs> that you do. That you do. All right, Austin, two picks in a row. The floor is oh, yours. Man. All right, I really thought you were going to take this one um, whenever you said you were going you were going for the oh. 90s. Oh, um, him, not me. Okay. It's like, boy, I'm, I'm on it. No, no, no. Not you, Mikey. But um, now that I'm back on track, I understand the assignment. I'm fully locked in here. <laughs> going to go with going to go with Nevermind um, by Nirvana. Great album. Nice. The other Talk side about of the 90s, it. Californication was 1999. This one's 91. Um, I mean, just through and through, absolutely incredible album. Gritty. Um, I think it embodies Nirvana and the grunge era that kind of like opened up the 90s and, and you know, um, had staying power throughout the entire decade. So, I mean... The whole album is is fantastic, but Drain You, Stay Away, um, On a Plane, uh, In Bloom, and then um, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Come As You Are, like just absolute bangers throughout. Um, yeah. And then I think one of the maybe like under the radar tracks that I love, especially if you want to just like get in your feels, Something in the Way. Man, that is great like song. dark and moody and like great, great man. song. Big fan. You guys know the drummer for Foo Fighters is in Nirvana. Wait, really? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. that's crazy, dude. 
Yeah. Sure. No, it's my head. I have not listened to that whole thing before. Homework for next episode. I think that was the first album. That was the first vinyl I bought. And that was before I even had a turntable. But when Nick and I were roommates, I was like, here, I'm going to. He took me to the record store one time and I bought it. And I was like, I want to listen to this. So I'm just going to give it to you. (laughs) We can play it on your turntable. It's a a great part of my collection. I appreciate you buying that for me that day because it's one of my favorites for sure. It was. It was a tough decision for me to go between Nevermind and and Californication. Um, you know, I figured if I whatever one I didn't pick, you were gonna take the other one, uh, potentially. And yeah, it, clearly that's what happened. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to put. Again, we say it all the time. It's hard to put into words an all time classic album. But I I think it really does like define the decade. Um, and it it turned the band into overnight sensations. Really, like yeah. I was I was listening to a podcast, uh, Conan O'Brien's like, uh, I, you know, the the name of it is escaping me right now. Um, the name of his podcast, terrible podcasting by me. Um, it's a good Conan one, O'Brien's man. needs a friend. It's a great podcast. Yeah. He's got he's got some good guests in there, and he recently had Dave Grohl and uh, Chris Novoselis from um, from Nirvana because it's the 30th anniversary of In Utero, which was their last album before uh, Kurt Cobain passed away. And uh, they were talking about like the juxtaposition between like In Utero versus Nevermind. And and they they talked about how like they were like performing in small venues and like completely selling out, like very successful in their niche market. And then they released Nevermind and all of a sudden they're they're opening for the Red Hot Chili Peppers on their like Ooh. blood, sex and magic tour, which is just insane. So, That's like, wild. you know, yeah, and Dave Grohl was like they were Conan was like, what is it? What was it like? Like becoming a, you know, overnight sensation. He was like, honestly, we all took it like pretty well. Like maybe, you know, Kurt obviously handled it in different ways than the rest of us. But, you know. It was just they were like it was weird, you know, just the fact that like we didn't think that we were that good, and then we released this amazing album that literally like you know they were on Saturday Night Live like you know Saturday Night Live did not have grunge bands, and then no. you know Nirvana's on Saturday Night Live, and it's just a testament to how good this album is. So it's a banger. Nice. Yeah, right. another one, then, another one on deck. Another one. All right. That one I had a lot of conviction about. This one, um, man, I'm between a lot. This one, okay, I got one that maybe I'll get some flack for, but it's it's near and dear to my heart. Um, growing up, this was like one of like three albums that my dad always kept in like his old um, white Chevy Silverado that we would we would ride around in um so i'm gonna go with the 80s i'm gonna go Def leopard hysteria that's a great oh, one. Oh, great album great, great great album big fan i don't think yeah. you can catch any flack for that yeah. that's a bang all right all right that's underrated, <laughs> that's underrated. yeah <laughs> maybe i shouldn't have uh, been so sheepish about it but it's i mean it's an awesome album through and through um I feel like, you know, there's ups and there's downs and it's, yeah, it just brings me back to, you know, just like cruising around with pops, you know, 
I'm sure you guys have similar albums. So um, oh, yeah. I just kind of like take you back to those times. But man, like Love Bites, Pour Some Sugar on Me. I mean, who doesn't yeah. love that? Like banger. Yeah, I'm uh, sugar free. So I like some Stevia or something, but I'm in. Yeah, I understand what you're it, that was in their next album, Pour Some Stevia on Me. Um, oh, no. Not as well received. Yeah. Who knows why? But um, <laughs> Animal and then Hysteria is just like, oh man, I love just Animal. Like, such yeah. a good song. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great album um, all the way through. And I think to me, like growing up, like that's what I, at least from like my, um, you know, point of view, my perspective, that's what I understood kind of like the 80s. Um, yeah. you know, I don't know if you'd call them really like kind of like the hair band, but like, yeah, yeah, I would say, so. yeah, I feel like it, they were an approachable hair brand band for, um, for the youngins. Um, oh, yeah. so that's like guns. And, I think that's like guns and roses without the, without the screeching vocals. Yeah, yeah I would yeah, say yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the harmonies in hysteria are insane. Like they're so good. Well, like bon, so, more like dark Bon Jovi, like a more heavy Bon Jovi. Too. Bon Jovi. All right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting comp, but I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Bon Jovi. I have one story about it. It's very cool. It's it is the album that almost never happened. So oh, yeah. they the band released a huge album in 1983, Pyromania. Um, you know, another if you're a big, definitely another great album. It's got photograph, rock, photograph, rock, mm-hmm. rock, foolin', rock of ages. So, you know, huge, huge album. They go to make like the follow up and they just like cannot get traction on it. Like the songs are not coming out right. They like put the album down for like a year. They pick it back up with a different producer. They're trying to like write all these songs and like bring them together. It's it's like it's not working. It's not working. And they they end up going to all-time great record producer Mutt Lang, who produced for, you know, ACDC, ended up marrying and producing for um, Shania Twain in the 90s. Yeah, Shania Twain in the 90s. Like, he is, like, a legend in the uh, musical production game. They go to him, and they're like, Mutt, you're the only one, like, Luke, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, we need you. Yeah. You're our only hope. We need you. And he's like, I let's do this. But like, we need to get down to business. We need to produce this right. And, uh, you know, he completely like, you know, with the band, like overhauled all of these songs. And, you know, I talked about what was it? Joshua Tree having like six singles on it. Like, I'm pretty sure like this is the only album to have um like multiple songs go to number one released as singles on the album um you can fact check me on that one but i watched it i watched the behind the music on it and like all like they released like six singles off the album and all of them i think reached number one which is insane you know don't quote me on that but i'm you know i think it's just a testament to how awesome this album is so you know Another one I wasn't expecting, but it's a it's a banger. If you can't tell by my face, I'm very excited about this one. So, big fan. 
Uh, is it up Hi. to me? Mike, floor is yours. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to go into the 90s, talking about, you know, listening to, the, to music in the car with the dad and the family. Um, this one comes from my car playlist. I it, Near and Dear, one of the best songs in the playlist. Every song in this album, front to back, doesn't let up. We're going Banana Phone by Rafi, 1994. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, back to the nineties though, actually. It, it had they, been uh, a couple of episodes since we got a good Raffy, uh, a Raffy shout out. So I'm yes, glad that you yes. gave that one there guy. So where did I, okay. Yeah, that's why. So this album actually had, they released a 30th anniversary deluxe edition. This band just did, um, recently actually. And they did it. On September 29th, but the 31st, the 30th anniversary when it got released to the public, I guess was 1994 on February 1st. When you're talking about albums that made and represented the 90s, this is the band's second album. Their first album is called, it's got some weird name. Um, it's called Kerplunk. This is Dookie by Green Day. 1994. Oh, that album. Yeah. Great one. Iconic. I had no idea that was Paradise, Basket Case. When I Come Around. Iconic Green Day she, song. Good song. Yeah. On countless video games. Countless, probably like skate games. Um, Madden. Yeah. I had to take a, a pivot. Not big into the 90s, but I do love me some Green Day. And, you know, you could have gone with Nimrod. Uh, Kerplunk was their first album. Didn't have much success. Um, Insomniac has Brain Stew on it, which is another classic Green Day 90s. But Dookie's just got it all. I mean, when you see Green it's Day t-shirts, it's Dookie t-shirts or American Idiot t-shirts. That's what I was going to say. The album artwork is, like, iconic, too. Awesome. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. like... To me, the album artwork is is quintessential, yeah. like '90s, like mm-hmm. punk rock, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I was I was watching this TikTok. This guy does like similar like background history, but they take up like two minutes of history. I think Billy Joel Armstrong was like a child singer, like a he had an album when he was a little kid of him singing. So, yeah. And then he ended up joining Green Day. It was completely different music, but yeah. I'm a big fan. I uh on a funny note they they've at the time they asked Billy Joe Armstrong what uh the album the name of the album meant Dookie and he was just like you know poo <laughs> and that was it <laughs> he just was like it's funny it's poo so I uh, wanted to give Billy Joe a special shout out there but I mean when you like Mike said when you look at the track list you know Longview yeah. Welcome to Paradise Basket Case She When I Come Around like iconic iconic green day songs you know pillars of punk rock um big yeah. big fan of this album so all right Great choice yeah yep. big fan Danke. Danke. much obliged all right so uh that closes out the 90s right 90s are out 90s are done i think 80s are out too we're all good on 80s because yeah. you had Hysteria, we got Back in Black, and uh, Joshua me. Tree. You sniped oh, right. me from a, 
almost 2,000 miles away, Gay. All right, so the 2,000s has not been touched yet. I think I'm going to hold off on that. Um, and What do you so mean? Say, you got I'll, two back-to-back picks. <laughs> I know. I'm going to hold off on 2,000s for my last pick. Um, oh. oh, yeah. You haven't chose the 70s yet or the 60s. Right? I haven't, I've not chosen 70s or 60s oh. yet. Um, so <laughs> I think uh, – I think I'm going to use my back-to-back picks here to my advantage. And, uh, you know, I'm going to kick it off with my all-time favorite album. Um, number one for me. Um, you know, oh, I know. I feel it like is. it's a uh, – I feel like I, I've tossed and turned a lot about what my number one of all time is. But I this is one I keep coming back to and is an easy choice for me. Uh, in middle school, uh, there was uh, – I was looking for some gen eds to satisfy some credits in, in middle school. And there was a class offered. It was a music class. Um, and it was all, it was an entire semester of just learning about this band. And they're, it's my favorite band of all time. And uh, I'm going the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts yep. Club Band. Yep. Uh, it's, it's my favorite album of all time. Um, I, uh, I have it. I started my collection with uh, my next pick. And, uh, a remastered version of Sgt. Pepper's and in college I came across an original Wait, your, next, your next pick from the 70s is the remastered version no 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 the next I started my vinyl collection <laughs> I started my vinyl okay. collection with this other album which is my next oh, pick and okay, Sgt. Okay, Pepper's okay, okay. came across an original in college and uh I, I figured that that was that was my white whale at the time um and you know when you just when you talk about the album in totality, the songs that are on it, the influences that it had for generations going forward, um, you know, 1967, you know, they, you know, for lack of a better term, invented the concept album uh, with Sgt. Pepper's. Um, so, you know, you have Sgt. Pepper's, the title track, with a little help from my friends, the Ringo Starr classic, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, you know, Fixing a Hole. Yeah, when I'm 64, lovely Rita, and then you you close it out with a day in the life. You know, it's it and a day in the life. I learned in middle school in this in this Beatles class that I took. It is uh, the closing note of uh, a day in the life is the uh, the longest singular notes on a recorded album in music history. So like they held that note at the very end of a day in the life. Uh, and it was a world record for the longest note in music history and recorded album. So, you know, I think that just speaks cool. to the the ingenuity of the band. And like, you know, I could I could talk about the Beatles for for days. I think we've already kind of established that we're huge fans here. But uh, so I had had to have Sergeant Pep on on the on the big board here. I want to take that class. It was yeah. unbelievable. South South Middle School, shout yeah, out. Uh, they <laughs> offered a, a, a well, shout out Miranda class. South Middle School, baby. Woo! They offered an entire semester class yeah. just learning about the Beatles, and uh, we awesome. watched we watched the Beatles anthology, and then had like lessons around the Beatles anthology, um, which is really cool. That was like the you know the timeline, I guess you could say, like how we powered through the semester. Yeah. So. Mr. Worth, shout out Mr. Worth, shout out Mr. Worth, South Middle School. He got got me, you know, didn't get me hooked, but sure as hell, I uh, you know made me enjoy and love the band yeah. even more. So, um, so I guess with with that, my second pick, you know, 
Mike probably knows what this is about to be. 1970s, you know, it is the 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 founding of eight tracks. The the very first. If you're a loyal listener oh, of eight yeah. tracks, the, we did our our first ever episode uh, on this album, uh, the album choice. review. You know, you know, for new for new listeners, it was the first album that I bought in my vinyl collection. We had it loaded up in the car. You know, Austin alluded to like song albums and and songs from his childhood, songs that he had playing in the car. Um, you know, this was the one for for me and Mike, and it's uh, Boston's self-titled 1976 album, Boston. Mm-hmm. So, you know, happy happy to have it on the board. You know, when I was that was the first album that I put on my big board was like if I have a song an album from the 70s, uh, I need to have this one on it. So, you know, big 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 fan. I almost took it last round, but I didn't. I I wanted to leave it up to you because I know that was the founding of the podcast. That. I couldn't take it. Well, it's Appreciate one best, that. Yeah, it's one of the best-selling albums of all time. It's awesome. It's yeah, great. Great album. I'm trying yeah, to see where it falls. Where it falls on like the all-time list, yeah. or I can't find it. It was up there. I, w- yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's on, you know, you know, hundred thousand one albums you need to listen to before you die. You know, oh, yeah. I don't know where where it ranks on the Rolling Stone album or list. Like, I don't really care about the critics. You know, this this album is like the greatest hits of the band. Um, you know, yeah. you know, I'm, some of our early work on Atrex, I'll admit, maybe not as appealing as some of our uh, more recent episodes. But if you love mm-hmm. classic rock and uh, your new listener, would highly recommend going back listening to episode one because we do a you know hour plus a deep dive on every song on this album and you know i feel like when you talk about songs of the 70s like more than a feeling you know i i my my collection of albums here on my list is big on the first songs of the album and uh i feel like more than a feeling you know fits right in with that you know gets you in your feelings it 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 does get me in my feelings it's a it's a banger so you know when you go, you know, more than a feeling, smoking, you know, rock and roll band, like it's, you know, it's hard to put into words what this album means to me and happy to have it on my board. So. Yeah, that side one is insane with more than a feeling, peace of mind. Or play, play long, long time. time. Yeah. And it's, it's bangers. So. All right, Mike. Kicking it over to you. My guy, I'm going with 2006. I was eight years old, boy. Oh, no. This is coming from my guy, Jonathan Genoa Gabagool Salami Mayor. Continuum. (laughs) Great album. Great album. album. Waiting on the world to change. He does not like playing that out that song live. Gravity, stop this train, slow dancing in a burning room in the heart of life. Those are it for me. Um, I thought I'm like, I'm not huge into music from the 2000s. So I thought about I'm like, what do I do like? Why I like Jonathan Genoa Genoa Gabagool Salami Mayor. I thought about Room for Squares, and I'm like, I didn't know that was his full name. It is, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's his Christian name. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I thought about heavier things, but I went back to Continuum. 
which is if I were to get a Jonathan Genoa, whatever, Gabagool, whatever I said, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to get continuum. <laughs> yeah. I want to save my favorite album for last though. So that's why I did it there. Oh, okay. That's I like that album. pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably my favorite one. of. I don't know if I can consider it my favorite album by him, but it definitely has my favorite songs of his mm-hmm. on this one. Yeah. Like slow dancing in a burning room, stop this yeah, train, yeah. Uh, vultures, gravity, uh, yeah. gravity, oh, God, gravity, heart, yeah. heart of life. Um, the cover of Bold is Love, the Jimi Hendrix cover is on this one. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. fan of that. So you know, I I I was very happy when I saw him in concert. He played that stop this train and slow dancing, and they're both on this album. So you know, big big fan. Yeah. Stop This Train, I feel like, has got to be one of my favorite songs about just, like, growing up and, like, the downside of it, I guess. And uh, yeah. Yeah. the existential crisis that I think a lot of us face. But, man, oh yeah, yeah, his his songwriting is, is great, and I think it's on full display with this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was Neil, say, very interested to see what you would go for 2000s, what Mike. What do you think I was going to put... I, th- I thought you would maybe go with like a Foo Fighters album or something like that. I but uh, you gotta go with you know, my guy Jonathan. I'm, I'm not surprised honestly. I know you're a big John Mayer fan. I am. I think all fan. three of us are. So yeah. you know, not not surprised. But that's a good one to have on your board. Yeah. Thank you. Much obliged. So. Awesome. Back your last two picks back to back oh, here. Oh man, I'm conflicted, guys. <laughs> What era is it for? I am, I am in a bind. For Well, I got the 70s and I got the <laughs> 2000s left. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I, I had to leave Boston for you. Out there. I'm glad that. you took it. Otherwise, I would have had no choice this round. Um, man, I think I'm really between a few for the 70s, but I think... The one that really rings true for that decade, I think for me, um, I'm going to go with Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, classic. Great album. Classic. Excellent yeah. album. Um, yeah. I, and like, I it was like that TikTok video. Um, the cranberry juice. It was the cranberry juice TikTok yeah. video or whatever, but I feel like. I feel like uh, Fleetwood Mac has really had like a rebound recently and um, Mm -hmm. they're hot again, but um, you know, they've always been hot in my mind. And like this album is, is just, I think their pinnacle with dreams, you know, never going back again, go your own way. Starting Mm -hmm. outside too, with the chain. Oof. Mm -hmm. Um, Banger. Yeah. It's, it's just an excellent album through and through. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's this very, one of my it's very, favorites. you know, at least <laughs> I wasn't alive then. But for me, it's when I think about the 70s, that's, you know, Rumors is definitely up there. Yeah. And then, I, oh, I guess I it's agree again. Yeah, um, always yours again. And then for the 2000s, uh, can we, can we repeat artists? Oh, definitely. Probably. 
definitely repeat artists but it's not the same album well we already did repeat artists we did you guys both did the beatles oh that's right we did yeah yeah okay um i'm gonna go with 2006 again that's what continuum was right yeah 2006 yeah i, th- I thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna snipe this one like uh... you went over and said 2006 but <laughs> um i'm gonna go 2006 uh the was it a double album or was it even a triple double for sure i think, I, was, I, think I know what you're you know saying it's a two hour long album it's a two hour long album what um i'm gonna go with stadium arcadium red hot oh, chili peppers okay. Okay. I knew it when you uh, when you were teetering on double or triple. I was like, I knew what he's going for right now. I mean, it may even be quadruple, but this is the age of CDs where they can fit a full hour. But man, yeah, Stadium Arcadium again. Um, you know, I think personal for me. I feel like when that album came out it was like right when I was like in um, starting a summer of like junior high baseball and like riding around all these like little league games listening to danny california and snow Heyo and humpty bump which was uh maybe a deep cut on the album but man great song that's a funky song um tell me baby just the whole the whole album is just like funky it's i feel like it's you know i i think a lot of people didn't think that red hot chili peppers could top californication and then um with this it's like not only is it such high quality music but there's like so much there like so much going on yeah so and it's kind of like a lot of different sounds too across the board but definitely still um you know owning kind of that that funk rock um genre that they were that they were known for um so yeah i I think that's got to be my 2000s pick a great album seals it up for me you want to talk about number first songs on an album which we've been doing this entire episode danny california is the first song on the album and then it goes straight into snow charlie stadium arcadium and humpty bump like yeah just that run right there like it's can't even catch your breath i know it's bangers and i I think you said it said it perfectly like so they had Californication then by the way then Stadium Arcadium and I think like Stadium Arcadium is a really good callback to their original like funk rock uh, sound that like they started on like I feel like Flea and Chad Smith are like very very prevalent on a lot of these songs with the bass yeah. and the drums so oh, yeah. starting out with the drums on Danny California like oh that beat yeah the will ferrell lookalike oh i know dude he when you look at pictures of them from this time period i feel like the 2000 early 2000s it's like uncanny yeah they're like one to one i i think he's done some skits or something maybe it was on saturday night live where like will ferrell like stepped in for him it's hilarious that oh yeah (laughs) they they did a fallon episode too it's hilarious maybe that's what it was yeah all right, big, big I feel fan. good with my lineup, boys. I love your lineup. I love your lineup. Um, all right, I guess that means it's me for 2000s. What are you and, talking uh, about, dude? Are you going to skip me? Yeah, I was going to skip wow. you. So, 
What the yeah, heck? Maybe that's bad juju, but yeah, eager to wow. get to it. Yeah, I already picked the two thousands. Jeez, I'm just excited. What can All I right, say? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna close this bad boy out. Uh, I think this band had good albums before this, if not great albums. But I think this one really set the tone and put them on the global stage. Going with 1964, my favorite album by this band. Every single song is good. There's not a bad one. Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. It's in my collection. I got the British release. Unbelievable. I'm never going to let that thing out of my sight. Um, my favorite album. The one from the that's 60s. your favorite. That's your favorite album of the sixties. I love it. My favorite album of the sixties. Even if Sgt. Pepper's was available in Revolver, still would have gone with it. Wow, that's yeah. conviction right there. Yeah, it's because every song on the album is good. And like personally, talk about it. At, talk about it. If I'm looking at like Sgt. Pepper's, I could go without Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I can go without it. <laughs> I could go without it. I could go Nick's without. Nick's gonna it. fight you. Benef- that is a, uh, that is a take, Kite, my man. That I is could a go take. without being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Right? That's a take, my man. That's a like, take. Within you, without you, I could go without that. I could, I'm could. i saying I could go without it. I'm not saying they're bad. I think if anything right, on Sgt. Pepper right. is being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, you throw it out. I don't even notice it's there, honestly. Wow. I just don't think it's that good. It's just, it's just there. Come on. You don't have to put others down just to lift up. I'm not. I'm not. not. I totally am not. Talk about your album. Talk about Hard Day's Night, guy. Gas it up, man. That's what I'm going to get to. You start off with Hard Day's Night with the diminished chord to start the song. Oh, my God. Every time I hear it, I could could picture the Beatles running down the street. I should have known better. My guy, Georgie Boy. Unbelievable song. If I fell in love with you, unbelievable. Happy just to dance with you. And I love her. Tell me why. Can't buy me love anytime at all. I'll cry instead. Things we said today, when I get home, you can't do that. I'll be back. I'm toe-tapping to every one of these bad boys. <laughs> they made a movie to go with they that made one, a so movie I feel on like... I'm toe-tapping to every single one. I think if I were to pick in this album, like that's where I was getting at. If you said... What's the song you take off of those two? I'd I'd have an answer for you. If you told me what song to take off of Hard Day's Night, I would not have an answer for you. All right. That's why it's your favorite. They're all great. That's why it's your favorite. And then I think Help is like a second. I love Help. Another great album where every single song is great. But, you know, like... Another movie movie, album. I could go without that one. Um, I think Rubber Soul is another solid solid one but there's songs on there that you could live without hard day's night no songs i could live without all right i like so it the beatles swept the 60s yeah well it's it's like you said that's they they cleaned the decade that was their decade 100 man. <laughs> so i wasn't wrong even though i did you weren't wrong you weren't <laughs> wrong <laughs> i had to check my notes but uh check the game notes on. yeah I, I like the pick a lot. I think it's a great album. You know, like Austin said, you know, they made a movie about it. That must say something about it. Um, and it was, you know, it was a pioneering album, too. Like they made yeah. the fact that like, people weren't making movies in conjunction with albums. Oh. And so, you know, for them to do that, that was another like, was, you know, like the peak first of for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
that's what the, the movie's about too like it's about Beatlemania. Really, yeah so yeah i'm a big is, fan out of, out of the first three they made this is the the pinnacle this hits it yeah. big fan but obviously like great unbelievable career after that but yeah i just have my bias hey that's okay everyone has yeah. their favorites and i like that that's your favorite it's a banger so. thank you all right so now now it's my turn yeah for, okay i turn the floor to you you almost shanked yeah. one from me I I feel like, you know, to close it out here, I think this was a very amicable draft. I feel like not a lot of people were sniping. You know, I took back in black from Mike. But I feel like my heart on that day. I feel like everyone kind of got what they wanted, um, which is a good thing. If even if Austin, if you would have taken Boston, I had a couple of other great ones teed up. I would have been a little disappointed, but I would have been happy that it at least got a shout out and that you had it on your board. So, you know, I'm. I'm glad that every, you know, in the words of the great Gabe Washer, everyone had fun. So, um, a fun time was had by all. Uh, and I'll I'll close it out here with my pick from the 2000s. Um, you know, I had Stadium Arcadium in there. I love that one. You know, I have a couple of other Chili Peppers albums, um, but I feel like since I picked Californication, I uh, I shouldn't pick another Chili Peppers album. Um, thought about maybe picking a Foo Fighters album in here because I, I love the Foos. Um, but, you know, this is an album that has recently crept back onto my radar that I had forgotten about. But I'm re- remembering that this is one of my favorites um, of all time. And it was recently, uh, you know, brought back to the surface by a recent album that they just released. Um, it's uh, entitled One More Time. And it's Blink-182, 2001 take off your pants and jacket uh wait are you talking one more time by daft punk one yes. more time yes yes that's exactly that what i'm talking about daft punk reference yeah mike <laughs> mike loves daft punk what can i say i do like daft punk daft punk slaps man but continue sorry loves the scandinavian daft so punk re- daft punk yeah reference. scandinavian yeah, so, the french yeah close enough <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the pick again, take off your pants and jacket, 2001, Blink-22, you know, I feel like you could, many say that their, their peak album, their best album is Enema of the State, in my opinion, I think that take off your pants and jacket is their, is their best album, you have Anthem Part 2, Online Song, First Date, Rock Show, Stay Together for the Kids, Roller Coaster, uh, reckless abandon like this the the list goes on and on like this album has so many good songs on it and i think it like perfectly encapsulates and like takes me back to my childhood um listening to that to like blink 22 and that kind of music and like you want to talk about an album that is just like wall-to-wall bangers take off your pants and jacket is a perfect example of that so you know like i said Recently bubbled back to the surface about how much I love this album uh, with the recent album Blink just released. Um, so I've, you know, felt like it had to be on my board and, and happy that it made it on there. Well, we almost made a parody of this for our logo, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I, and, you know, uh, to peel back the curtain of A-Tracks, I really wanted to use the uh, the album cover of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket as a uh, 
um our eight tracks logo and like you know parody it like mike said but uh they do he's not he's not, he's not he's not a big blink he's not a big blink no, fan I'm so not. And we, i'm not gonna uh, make fun of him because some blink listeners are here and they're gonna get mad at me for doing my oh, blink impression. Um, austin i know is a huge blink fan so i'm curious to get your thoughts on this pick are they successful sure am i a fan not really and that's okay Steve's getting a little wild. I don't, I don't know if that's okay, to be honest. But yeah, that, those are fine. No, I'm, just not, I'm just not a fan. I think they're successful and fine, but I wouldn't no, have chosen. No, it's a great them. album. Yeah. Great, yeah, they, I agree. great album. Great, maybe even better album name. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's saying something because there's some great songs on there. But man, yeah, that's that's like the perfect album name for like a 90s early 2000s kind of pop punk band oh yeah. hilarious and i think embodies kind of their whole attitude really well but first date is incredible probably my one of my favorite blink 182 songs and um that was the first song to uh prior to a ten dollar cover in college i was in a band in high school and that was the first oh, yeah. song we played live um at go. a high school talent show and um the crowd loved it uh probably not because of our our performance or our skill level but just because it's it's a great song that everybody enjoys so that's awesome i mean the rock show it's just like kind of like um you know maybe you wouldn't expect this from like a punk band but like innocent love songs in a way oh yeah just like you know how you think of of dating and your like junior high high school yeah. years and fell in love with the girl at the rock show yeah, she exactly. said yes and i told her that i didn't know like just like awesome big fan and roller coaster i think is kind of like my deep cut favorite oh yeah it's a great song yeah i love this album i could have picked a lot of blink 182 albums um had kind of my pick of the litter um but you know when I when I really thought about it, I you know I couldn't have Enema. That was 1999, and I went with Californication. But could have had you know Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, Self Titled, Neighborhoods. You know kind of had a, a wide range of picks here, and you know kind of fell into my lap, and I knew I had to have it. So proud of you, gay. Yeah. So Thanks. you know we've been we've been getting we've been going kind of long here you know not not trying to short change this great talk but wanted to open up the floor for any honorable mentions before we uh close this out go you know quick hitting uh, honorable mentions I'll, I'll kick it over to austin to start if you had any oh, okay um i mean for the 70s led zeppelin four um mm. awesome album that was that was kind of one i was i was teetering on um 80s van halen 1984 um was my other one thing banger yeah that really i think just embodies like 80s rack 80s rock can't speak 80s rock uh that's a good uh word for a combo genre rock rock pop but um and then i think the the one that i was really close to picking was the 90s uh pearl jam 10 I, I had that too. Great album. So, and then I guess two thousands, um, maybe an underdog here, but Coldplay, Rush of Blood to the Head, um, mm-hmm. it's got to be one of my favorites. Like Clocks, that piano 
great great song great song mike any honorable mentions for uh, you van halen's van halen one of my favorite albums of all time songs in the key of life i would have had for the 70s um i almost picked so in the 80s by peter gabriel um like i said earlier purple rain 1984 um back in black but was snubbed uh <laughs> <laughs> the wall i almost chose the wall too for 70s tbh um, i'm surprised you did not pick the wall I, you love the wall dude dark side is iconic though i know i and know i do but you... love the wall i mean comfortably numbs best guitar solo of all time hot take not great take though um <laughs> zeppelin 2 i was actually really tempted on and then Goodbye yeah. Yellow Brick Road. And then the, the two Beatles ones you guys both named were phenomenal albums. So. Um, but I had to go with my heart. Um, yeah. Great picks. Great picks. Yeah. My, my, my honorable mentions were my other 60s one, if it didn't get taken, was uh, Abbey Road. Another Beatles oh, yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so had to have that one. And then 70s, I, had, I also had Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Uh, the Stranger, Billy Joel, um, and then I love Bruce. So Born to Run was also on there. If that, if uh, the other ones had gotten sniped, I probably, if you had taken uh, Boston, I probably would have gone Born to Run because I love Bruce. Um, going into the '80s, another Bruce Springsteen album, Born in the USA, great album. Um, a yeah. little bit of a maybe off the wall pick for me, but an album that I recently purchased this year and I love it. Um, cause I love the band Beastie Boys, Licensed to Ill. Uh, great album. Love the Beastie Boys. That's a, you know, their iconic 80s album uh, produced by my boy Rick Rubin. Uh, 1990s, I had also had 10. I had Blood, Sugar, Sex, and Magic. Also, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I had Enema of the State. Um, another, another quick 90s album that I recently listened to. Uh, that uh, by a band that I've been getting into a lot is uh, Allison Chains, Dirt. Great album from the 90s. Uh, that has like Them Bones, Down in a Hole, The Rooster. Um, so great, great Allison Chains songs if you're a fan of that band. Um, and then 2000s, I had uh, also at Stadium Arcadium. I had By the Way, another Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Um, any of the Foo Fighters albums uh, from the 2000s as well. Uh, you know, I feel like they, they we alluded to it on a last episode with like the color and the shape. That's kind of when they got their start. But then if you look at the 2000s, they had, you know, one by one. There's nothing left to lose. Um, and uh, in, or on, in your honor and echo silence, patience and grace. Um, I originally was thinking about picking Wasting Lights. Great Foo Fighters album, but that was 2011, so I I couldn't add that have that one on the board, um, and then also any I think any Weezer album from the 2000s would be great mm. too, like yeah. the Red Green or uh, or Red album or yeah Red Green or Blue would be great to have in the collection as well. So yeah, that was fun, a lot of fun. We had good musical. Good musical taste. I feel like we touched them all, which I was, uh, and like I said, I was happy that I feel like aside from me snagging ACDC from Mike, everyone got was happy with their picks. So, do you even have that album? Everyone's leaving happy. 
Yeah. Do I have oh, back in black, guy? Of course I have back in black. Come yeah. on. Come on. Who do you think I am? You didn't take my copy of Dirty Deeds, did you? I, I have my own, actually. Bought what happened it, to mine? So I don't know what happened to it. So can't. Uh, I got to go home and uh, listen to some Marty Robbins now. Yeah, you got some. We yes. all have a lot of homework, I feel like, too, from this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so got a lot of good music to listen to. You know, that was a lot of fun. Austin, happy to have you back on the show. You know, oh, you're a reoccurring guest now. So, you know, you're welcome back anytime. Yeah. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. It was a lot of fun. I promise if you have me on for a third time, I'll actually know the uh, the topic of the snake draft. <laughs> but I feel like I was able to pivot pretty you, quickly. You pivoted yeah. good. You pivoted well. So Mikey, maybe you, know. you can edit that that part out. But uh, <laughs> I'll try and do my magic. It was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Absolutely. Mike, pleasure as always. Hope you had a good as time, always, guy. Guys, you know, enjoy the ride. Keep trucking. If you get confused, listen to music play.